Hello and welcome to the Hope and Recovery podcast. I'm Alison Summers and my guest today is the mother of a teenage boy who died after taking pills on a night out. She's here to tell us the story of what happened. Welcome to the show, Kim Webster. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So, tell us what actually happened. Um, We went out with some friends and he just didn't come home. At the short short of it all, really, um, it's every parent's nightmare. You give your information, your your children, all the information to equip them with going out and having fun. But as soon as they walk out that front door, it's down to them. And Will came from a a good family, and he knew right from wrong. But he was curious, he was naive, and he thought he'd give it a go, and it cost him his life. So that. Talk us through that evening. What, what were the events that led up to... When, when did you discover that he wasn't coming home and, and what happened? Um, we went to work. He had a part-time job in Whitstable um, and I normally picked him up from his shift, but that night he decided to stay out and he's a 17-year-old boy. <laughs> they go out, don't they? They have fun. Um, and my last text message to Will that evening was, your dinner is in the microwave and the key's under the mat. And I just went to bed because I just did not think anything it's no no different to any other evening um but about five o'clock the following morning I woke up with this fear in the pit of my stomach that something was wrong because as a mum and as a parent we just have these these senses with our children and I went into Will's room and his bed was empty and that is when panic started um I was been ringing Will and there was no reply um so I went out looking for him and uh yeah couldn't find him so I went to work and I rang that restaurant because he had a shift at work that day and he hadn't turned up for his shift and I said that I was worried because it's out of character for Will not to come home um and then they informed me that Will had stayed at a friend's house who he worked with and so I said how worried I was and I had this awful feeling and so They managed to get hold of the lad that Will went back with. And I got this phone call from the manager to say that Will was being blue-lighted to Margate Hospital. And at that point, I didn't think the worst. I thought, you know, maybe he's having his stomach pump, maybe something else had happened that night. But I was greeted at the Margate Hospital by a nurse who then told me that there's nothing more that they could do. Wow, that must have been difficult. But as a mum, you sense something wasn't right. Totally. You just do. You just <clears throat> you just know any parent, any parent out there listening to this, they will know exactly what I'm saying. You just know that something is wrong and you just have to follow that fear through. Don't ever ignore your gut instinct on anything. Um, if I'd known that where Will was that night, you know, when they were growing up with my eldest son, Jack, when he started going to parties, I always used to ask for the postcode of wherever he was. And they both thought I was a controlling mum, but wasn't. It's just in case of things like this happening. Um, and because I didn't know where Will was, because he was 17, he's a young man, um, I could have got to him earlier if I had known. And at five o'clock, that was probably the time that Will started getting into trouble, health-wise. So, Yeah. And what what happened in terms of the, the, the rest of the family? How were the rest of the family re- reacting at that time when you were worried about? Um, well, my eldest son, Jack, he, he just 
told me stop being so overprotective. He said he's 17, he's crashed out of a friend's house, don't worry. Um, but I still, I still knew that something was wrong. So yeah, they just saw it, you know, he just crashed out of a friend's house, mm. which he did do, but yeah. Mm. And so what was it, what was Will like? Give us, give us a, an idea of what Will was like yeah. as a character. He was a the person. young, yeah, he was the youngest. Um, I've got two older step- stepdaughters and Jack. Um, but he was the one that was fearless. He would be the one that whenever we went anywhere, he'd be on the fastest roller coaster first. He would be the one that's jumping in the sea first. Um, he, yeah, full of fun. He's a good friend. He liked, he liked a few friends. He didn't like big groups of people. Um, he was fit. He always wanted to go in the army. He was a boxer. Um, he was the one that would cause mischief at home all the time. So, you know, we, that part we miss all the time. But, yeah, he was a fun... He's a big, friendly giant. He's six foot six. Oh. Yeah. So he had been quite active, fit and healthy. Absolutely. Mm. And this came out of the blue. Completely out of the blue. I mean, he was just about to... He had his start date for the army and he knew that there was zero tolerance for drugs in the army. So I was shocked surprised that he decided to make this decision that night to have a dabble and did they ever catch the person that supplied they did they did we were really lucky as a family actually because the drug dealer was caught 10 days after will had died um but we've only just had the court case covid and one thing or another um so this this year, this April, this what's well, March actually, we just had the court case and he got found guilty and he got sentenced to nine months. Because it's only nine months is because he was a seventeen year old child at the time. He bought drugs off the dark web and he sold them to Will's friend and Will's friend shared them with him. So yeah. And and Will's been gone. It'd be five years this year, this five July. This year. Yeah. And, that, so. and and how um how have you and how the family kind of come to terms, have you come to terms and made sense of, of all that happened that night? I would say at the stage I'm at now, I've now accepted it. It's taken a long time. I've I'm under counselling still now. Um I've accepted it that he's not coming back. Uh, But as a family, because I'm still a mum, personally, as I'm still a mum, I still have to be a mum. I can't be under my duvet. I can't can't let this destroy me because I still have to be a parent. Um, Some days, you know, I don't want to get out of bed, but I know I have to because what's Jack going to be thinking? You know, I still have to think about Jack. Um, And I don't want... Because Will would... Will didn't want this to happen without a shadow of a doubt and he would hate it if it had destroyed me too because we had a really, really special bond and he would absolutely, he would be so, he'd be upset, you know, seeing me like this so I can't do that, I can't, I can't, his his life and his memories can't be determined by how I am now because of what's happened. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, so, yeah, so the fact, you know, the family obviously do miss him, you know, 
like my, you know, oh, I don't know, it's just, it, it's tough. It's, it, it, every day is tough. Every day is different. You know, we have family events that we all attend and there's always one person missing. But as a, we just have to get on with it and get through as best we can. Yeah. And you mentioned the other family, you mentioned his brother and other siblings as well. Yeah. How, how have they come to terms with it? Have they yet? Do they still...? Well, I don't know. I mean, they know that I'm quite happy to quite open to talking about things but very rarely do they confide in me about feelings um jack especially because it was his 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 brother you know he doesn't often talk about it but there was one point he did say to me um not long after will died he said mum he said i should have been a better big brother um and you know i should have guided will in in becoming an older teenager but I didn't and he feels that he let him down um which is really sad but he he hasn't you know Will can Will wouldn't be told by anybody at all he had his own mind and he was quite strong with adamant stubborn maybe in what he wanted to do but uh yeah it's really sad when Jack said that mm. it feels really difficult yeah, <laughs> it does. It feels really difficult um, to hear those words, mm. really, as well. Yeah, no. you know, say it. Um, yeah, it, it does. Yeah. So what? Um, you have moved forward from that time, and you wanted to reach out and tell other young people about the dangers of what um, happened to Will. Mm. How did that? happen and how did you start down that journey well there is such a stigma to um dying from a drug overdose I can see it when I tell people and they ask me what Will died from I can just see it in their face what do you expect you know um and so I wanted to the first time I I spoke to young people is I went to Will's school and I spoke to his peers because I just wanted to protect Will's memory, to be honest. I didn't want them to think he was some scumbag, some druggie, some addict, which he wasn't. He was just a typical teenager nowadays. And I went to Will's school and I spoke to his peers. I spoke to the sixth form and told them what had actually happened to Will. And there are these two boys there, and I will remember it till the day I die, that came in late on their phones with their hoods up and they sat at the back of this hall and at the end of my assembly, um, they hung back. And when everybody else had left, they came up to me and they said, if you can get through to me, you can get through to anybody. We knew what you were here to talk about and we weren't interested. But the way you spoke to us actually made me feel that you cared about me and my life. Um, and you just spoke from a mum's point of view. Um, and we will rethink what we are doing now so from that moment I thought well if I do get through to at least one young person and make them see from the parents point of view because when kids go out they don't think about their parents or their family when they're out having fun so it just I don't know it it just worked and the boys were really thankful for me telling them my story and Will's story 
So that's what started it. So I have them to thank. <laughs> and and that is um, quite unique, isn't it, in the sense of it's okay for educators to go in and talk about the information around drugs and alcohol. But the lived experience mm. of you through this tragic event, um, this has caused you to want to say and tell people about it mm. from your point of view. Mm. So and you carry on you carried on doing that. Yes. 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 Carried on, linked up with Kenwood Trust and I reckon we've probably reached nearly 20,000 young people we've spoken to, well, I've spoken to with them. So, yeah, so it's continuing and the feedback's amazing. And that's what gives us the strength to continue with these assemblies Um, because parents' feedback, students' feedback, um, yeah, that's why. That's why I will continue as long as I can. (laughs) And, and in, when you're doing these events and these assemblies and these lessons, is there a, a common question that gets asked to you over and over again? Not not me directly, mm. because I think they're probably a little bit afraid. I think they're so... Oh, I don't know the word. They're so... Um, not numb with what, what, what I have to say. I think they're so shocked in what I have to say and how I can say it, that I think they don't want to upset me by asking questions. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they don't, they don't ask me questions, no, at all, really. There's they sort of come up, up they come up and give me hugs at the end when they, they're and they're sad. And I remember one, one school, one... one boy just, just wrote me a note and he says I'm, I'm so sorry for Will and I'm sorry for you just little things like that they feel that they can't say it to me but just giving me little notes and hugs um, means everything really so it's it's good so yeah and so if you if there was one take home that you you would like to communicate to people young people first what would you like to say to them if you could give them a message Based on your experience, um, <coughs> it's to think, think twice, twice really. Think, think twice about any decisions you're thinking about taking, any any chances, any risks, because um, you really don't know what's going to happen. Life is precious; it can be taken away in an instant. Um, and also, just because you know your friends have tried it, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be okay. Because Will and his friend, they both took the same pills, the same amounts. Um, but Will's friend survived and Will didn't. And I think that is just so important that young people realise that just because their friends are okay doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be okay if they want to give it a go as well. Yeah. And what... What, what did, did, did you find out? What did Will take? Yes, yes it wasn't, wasn't the average party drug, drug, not the MDMA or anything, anything like that. that. Um, it was a painkiller, it was tramadol. Um, so it was bought off the dark web, so whether it was true tramadol, we will never know. Um, and the amount that Will had taken, um, the coroner said, wasn't enough to actually kill him. So he had a reaction to it. 
And, and also, also maybe it's because he was drinking beer while he was out with his friends as well. well. He's just mixing it because drugs and alcohol can be lethal, which is what we always say to people. Um, so, yeah, so it's a painkiller that cost him his life, which I think's not that common. You hear of all the other other party drugs, ecstasy and things like that, but being a painkiller, it was quite shocking, but it just proves that any drug, whether it's prescribed or illegal, can have the same outcome, can be fatal. Yeah. And the comparison of your worst friends... Mm. Mm. And that. Do you have contact with him? No, no, no we don't. I didn't know him anyway. He worked with Will at the restaurant, so he wasn't one of his proper friends, as I would say. Um, but I know for a fact that it's traumatised him. Um, I mean, these three boys that worked in the restaurant, they were all ready to start off to go university. Like I said, Will was going in the army, but that night destroyed their lives as well because neither of them went to university. Obviously, the drug dealers in prison. Will's friend never went to university, never lived his dream, never, you know, he suffers majorly with waking up next to Will that morning. And it will be with him as, for the rest of his life as, as much as us, as Will's parents. Yeah. And it took such a long time to get Yes, yeah, I mean, I saw it through, I mean... Will made that decision by himself that day. So everybody was to blame. It's not just one. I can't just blame the drug dealer alone. I mean, yes, if he wasn't buying drugs, Will wouldn't have got them off him. But Will made his own choice that day. Um, so, yeah. And if there was one thing you'd like to say to parents about the whole... Drugies have got teenage children and they're worried about this. What would be a thing that you'd like to say to parents? Is trust your instinct. If you think something is going on with your child, uh, look into it, ask questions, start that conversation because it's a real tough conversation to have with your kids and them to have with you. Um, so, or, or get help, Come, you know, find us at Kenwood Trust and, and speak to us and we can give you some direction as to how to speak to your child. But <clears throat> always, always trust your gut instinct, whether something's going wrong or whether it's just a general conversation. You just need to... Don't stick your head in the sand. Don't think it's never going to happen to me because I was one of those. Because um, who knows when it's going to happen and who, and who is go, who's going to be enticed or, or or to try something like this because our teenagers there's so much out there now and we can't protect them all the time so you just need to be up to date you need to yeah I don't know <laughs> <laughs> there's lots there yeah, yeah. basically listen to your guts and don't don't take anything for granted. The podcast is called Hope and Recovery, and what does I was just wondering what does hope look like for you today? Do you have hope? Can you have hope again? What what does that mean for you? My only hope is that our young people that listen and they learn by Will's mistake, 
so none of their friends will ever need to learn by theirs. That is my only hope. Wow. Thank you ever so much for coming in and sharing such a powerful story with us today. Thank you. Thank you.